And so I just want to give permission to people who are facing what they're facing to be sad or to be concerned or to be fearful, even devastated if you're facing loss. Because there's this other version of Christian theology that says, if you just trust God, you'll be a winner, not a loser. You'll be happy, not sad. You'll only look on the bright side. All good attitudes around. But when you look at Jesus' ultimate surrender, which a lot of people would say um, we see when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he was just about to be betrayed. And Mark 14 talks about it. He says, going a little further, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Going a little further, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, and yet not my will, but what you will. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit, because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology. Or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Hey, Marty. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. It's been a long time since I've talked to you. I know. So long. Marty, you picked an interesting topic today. How are you? I'm doing fine. And this topic has really been on my mind at the forefront, too. What triggered the topic? Because you're calling it surrender, right? Yeah, I guess so. Or putting, leaving things in God's hands. Because uh, I'll tell you why. Look, uh, the spiritual path is one failure after another. But I do think we get better. We spiral up kind of, and you're better than you were like a couple of years ago or whatever. So you're making progress, but there's always regression and it's not always obvious. And I just felt there's something missing. You know, what am I not doing? What am I doing? And I realized something. I got into the game of I'm going to control stuff. You know what I mean? Or that I ought to be able to control stuff that I can't control and maybe feel a little bit concerned, overly concerned with my inability to control stuff. And then the, through some readings and um, prayer, I realized, oh, man, I'm back to not trusting God enough to know that this is in his hands and not mine. And I've always been OK. I'm going to be OK. And then I can um, relax a little bit. I, I, I started losing that a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. Does it feel like doubt? Not doubt about God. That was what was weird about it. Like I had no doubt, um, never have. That was a gift I was given eight years ago. Never had a moment of, well, this might not be true because I got an experience that show, showed me that. But initially it was like, it was such an intense experience that I couldn't not give up control, right? But then as that memory started to recede, I think, um, I realized that I'm trying to, I'm trying too hard. Uh, and then I started thinking about, well, how would I even talk about this? And that's when you and I went for a walk and I said, what do you do? How do you, how do you surrender? Because if I were to tell somebody that like, oh, here's your problem, give it up to God. They're going to want to slug me. Right. Cause they're like, oh yeah, easy. That'll be really easy. Right. So I want to, I want to, in this podcast, start looking into what does that even mean mm -hmm. to surrender to God and to give it up to God and to leave it in his hands, your will, not mine. Yeah. Right. Have you had that before, Matt? Have you had yes. a period? Okay. Oh gosh. Sure. Yeah. Talk about and that. I think that it kind of ties in with what I heard somebody say. Life is about learning to lose. Yeah. I love that. If you look at the Olympics that happened this past uh -huh. winter, you know, there was only one 
ultimate winner in every event. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was a loser and had to learn how to lose, whether they got the silver medal or whatever it is. That's why I think everybody should be in sports one time or another, if not sports, some kind of competitive something, fire band, something where you can get cut because you learn discipline, you learn how to work hard, camaraderie and teamwork and so many good things that exist. But like almost nothing else, sports teaches you how to lose. Yeah, winning is easy. It is. Winning's easy. It feels good. And it's, you know, well, that's the challenge is more people probably play video games than play sports anymore, like kids. Yeah. And you can always start over. You can always save. You can always read the cheats, whatever it is. But life is about losing. And you know who said that? Mike Tyson in his old age in an interview said, Life is about losing. To be alive is to grow. And the essential part of growth is loss. Think of that. We lose life is repeated loss. Just ask me. I've lost my hair, original color. You lose your teeth when you get old. You lose your strength <laughs> as time goes on. You lose your hearing. You lose your independence. Yeah, you lose people. people. You know this that you care about most. You lose people you care about mm-hmm. most. Repeated loss. Mike Tyson said that. Yeah, yeah. And here's something interesting. Jesus put it this way in John 12, 24. He said this. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, there remains a simple grain of wheat. But if it dies, it brings forth fruit. Oh, I'm going to be meditating on that. That's so good. I hadn't thought about that yeah. to think about it that way. On 12, 24. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I don't want to lose that. It's valuable to me. I want to cling to it. I want to, to grasp onto it. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best skills that we can learn and that we could help teach our kids is to learn how to lose well. Yeah. It's an essential part of living. Even if it means being in the slow traffic lane, Mm -hmm. imagine how much frustration and anger, if you can learn how to realize, Oh, I lost the race, you know, picking the best lane, whether it's at the grocery store or driving. And I think, to do this well, we need to understand what winning is. And a lot of us don't get that. And it messes with our lives, messes with our faith. And when it comes to winning in our lives, we we just don't want to lose every time. Uh, you're onto something that I'm going to connect this to. In, in the Ladder of Divine Ascent, that's a um, old document uh, written actually for monks, but we can learn from it, right? Each ladder, there's 30 rungs. Now, it ends in humility, though. That's the highest rung of the ladder because Christian path is one of humility. So look, if anyone is is showing you pride or arrogance or uh, a lot of anger, anything but humility, I wouldn't listen too closely to them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have too much confidence that they know what they're talking about. They might repeat things that they've heard before that sound nice, but I look for the spirit of the, of the person to to see if that's someone I would want to follow. You got to get to humility, but one of the early rungs is detachment. Because we so want to control everything. We so want to, it's, it, it's a, a judge too, you know, because the fact of the matter is this, I've learned this by being alive many decades. Mm-hmm. I don't know if something's good or bad. I really don't. And I know this because the three most painful, worst things that I grasped onto the most, actually two of them were, thank God that they didn't happen the way I would have. I'm glad I wasn't in control of those things because it would have ended even worse, would have created even more. And then the third one, there were some things that were um, critical in my spiritual development. 
that the third one. I won't go into the details about them, but um, so my attitude, I try, is to say, okay, if I'm judging this as good or bad, I may not know that. So I'm not in control. I don't even want control is the point. Like, I don't want control. I think I want control. feels like I want control sometimes, but um, I can't have that authority. It would be bad. Right, right. Well, it's fear. I think it's fear of the unknown is such a huge part of it. Well, it's fear of the unknown. And what is a remedy to fear of the unknown? Trust in the Lord. Yeah. Right. Because I'm doubting him if I if I think I can't handle something or that um, he doesn't have this thing in control. Somehow this did not make it on God's list. of things. (laughs) He overlooked this one. Right. Yeah. He's unaware. It's so interesting because Jesus himself, when it comes to losing, when it comes to this fear that we have of this losing or I'm going to miss out on whatever it is, I'm convinced our whole faith is based on the total surrender of Jesus Christ. I think that's the center of the gospel because what's the number one symbol of Christianity? It's the cross. Mm-hmm. If I get the center right, it's going to work out its way out into the peripherals of my life. If I get the idea that at the center of this thing, there is a surrender of me, my life, my everything to God. When I go there, you know, Jesus said, dying to yourself. Unless you deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciples. And you will find your life that way. By losing that life that you think is your life, mm-hmm. and it takes, a, it takes a lot of faith to do that, and a lot of practice, I think, too, you will find the real life, the life that you mentioned in the last podcast, that, that life abundant, right? Yeah. But we are so afraid of surrender. I think maybe as Americans or probably anybody we're so afraid of surrender, we run away and we do our own thing. Yeah. And that's exactly what Jesus never did. He never ran. He could have escaped his own suffering. Um, when he was facing life and death, he never stuck away. He could have snuck away into the night. You know, what are they going to do? And, and sometimes it makes me wonder why Jesus did what he did. Why didn't he sneak away into the night after the Last Supper and just let his teachings hang out there and go play golf for the rest of his life or something? When he allowed himself to, he had the perfect opportunity when he, the night he was betrayed by Judas, but he didn't. That was not why he had come. Even though in that moment, Jesus said, and this is recorded in the Bible, he's saying to his followers, I am overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Christians would say the son of God. And so I just want to give permission to people who are facing what they're facing to be sad or to be concerned, or to be fearful, even devastated if you're facing loss. Because there's this other version of Christian theology that says, if you just trust God, you'll be a winner, not a loser. You'll be happy, not sad. You'll only look on the bright side. All good attitudes around. You don't have to be poor. You can be rich, not sad. You can be happy. You don't have to die. You can live. But when you look at Jesus' ultimate surrender, which a lot of people would say um, we see when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, He was just about to be betrayed by Judas, and the authorities were like on their way. And Mark 14 talks about it. He says, going a little further, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Going a little further, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed, Abba, Father, he said. That's like, Daddy, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, and yet not my will, but what you will. And that's, 
I think that's the war, the battle, like my will versus your will, God. And you asked, you know, how can I get back to where I was? How can I, what's this surrender thing? How do you tell somebody, okay, you need to surrender. And I guess I would say this, listen, if God is real, if God revealed himself in the creation of us, the creation of the world, the creation that sent, that enabled his son, God in the flesh to come to earth. If there is a war for your soul, then there must be a time when the battle is between you and God. And it's a battle of wills that I pray you never win. That's so good. Yeah. Something else to think about, huh? Maybe we could say um, surrender also means um, the goal in surrender is acceptance, Mm. right? Because we treat adjustment disorders sometimes. So something really traumatic happens or a major loss or something like that. And then um, people are fighting that. Oh, this is awful. This is terrible. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's acceptance. So uh, for me, it's accepting things like, um, you know, um, rude behavior. And I, I talk in here like I've got like that happens to me all the time. It doesn't happen all the time. It just but I'm, I'm trying to get you know, I'm, I'm chasing after theosis, like what, how's Christ? And that's one way I'm not Christ-like. So when it comes up, I want to examine that. Yeah. Because you just accept it. There's no, you're going to have to accept it anyway, and you will accept it eventually, probably. Why not do it sooner than later? Mm-hmm. Um, the way to accept it is to say, no, I, I've got to trust that God has got my back. I'm taken care of. I don't have to control this whole thing. And then the second thing I would say is it's not just big things. It's small things, too, that we need to do this. And we need to walk in the spirit in this way. So people say, well, I don't know what God wants for me. Um, Come on. You just haven't thought about it. Think it through. You've got 66 books there that will tell you everything that he wants. Not everything, but tell you plenty that that you you don't have enough time to learn. Um, There's plenty in there to tell you what to do. You can start with forgive everybody. You could start with um, learn to love your enemies. You know, there's plenty that you're that he wants you to do already. You've got enough on your plate yeah. right now without worrying about other things, right? If we spend our time doing the stuff that we do know, it says <laughs> we'd have more than enough for the rest of our life. You said something really significant, though. And a lot of us, we think of surrender as like this massive thing do kind of once and for all. But I don't think surrender usually happens in just one big battle. I believe surrender happens in the little everyday compromises so that you're equipped when the total surrender part comes. I think you're right about that. I think you're 100% right. And and I think that that helps me think, well, it's a bite-sized chunk of surrender. There's a lot of illustrations. You know, the book of Daniel in chapter 3, There are these three guys, they were captured, taken to Babylon. Three young Hebrew men were convicted for not worshiping the cultural gods in Babylon. And they go before the court and they're facing death. And here's here's a little snippet of this from Daniel 3.16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, you've heard that name before. Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter for not worshiping the cultural gods. Boy, does that sound like 2022 as well. They say, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that's the case, and they're going to be burned to death, if that's the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. 
And then they say this, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship some golden image which you have set up. They believe God would save them this side of heaven. Their faith was there. But those three little words, not I love you, but these three little words, but if not, we believe God will deliver us from burning and the evil of the king. But if not, we still don't serve other gods. That's not who we are. We won't worship anything but God, whatever your culture, whatever your party, if it's left or right, that is asking us to bow down to it. Because we understand life's about losing combined with total surrender of God means everything has to surrender to the one thing I cannot lose. And what's the one thing I cannot lose? faith. Uh, right. There's one more powerful story from history. King Antiochus IV, Epiphanes, who is like the son of Alexander the Great. This is in like 16, I'm sorry, 168 BC. This, this regional king, because Alexander divided his country among sons. This regional king launched a massive campaign of torture against the Jews against the Jewish religion in 168 BC. This is during the time of the Maccabees. And one Jew told the, the king this, you have the power to do as you please, so go ahead. But I have something else. You have power, and at some point you're gonna lose that power. But I have something that will never lose. I have faith. Okay. So he would not bow down. He wouldn't yes. desecrate himself. Instead, he chose surrender, even though it meant this horrible death it's the one thing that couldn't be taken from him. And I believe the Holy Spirit calls us even in small things. You know the story of Eric Little? No, I don't. Tell it. Well, he was the son of missionaries in China. He moved to Scotland to attend school, and he was track star in the 1924 Paris Olympics. Does this melody ring a bell? Dun, 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 dun. Bum, 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 chariots of fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I got it at the end. I started getting it's it. It's my singing. So Paris Olympics, 1924. He lived this life of total surrender as a dedicated Christian. He wanted to serve God as his career, but he thought, well, why not race and tell others about Jesus after he wins the races? He was the number one sprinter for British Isles or for Scotland, Eric's personal belief was that he couldn't race on Sunday. It was the Lord's day for worship, for rest, for delight, for enjoyment, and for the gospel, not for racing. But when he was in Paris for the Olympics, the heat for the 100 meter dash was on a Sunday. And they portrayed this in the movie. He had everybody around him, including government officials telling him, just make an exception, just make an exception, just run the race. This time, just this time. Think of how many people you can tell about Christ since you're so passionate about this. But Eric Little said this, I can't compromise even in something small. I want to be faithful in small things so I can be faithful in great things. And it was this huge battle. It was this huge issue. And, it, you know, this is real life. So he ended up withdrawing from the 100-meter dash in the 24 Paris Olympics. Instead, he ran the 400-meter dash, which, if you ask me, is a lot less fun. And he ended up winning. I'd rather run 100 than a 400. But he won the 400, the gold in the 400. He didn't just end up winning. He ended up not losing on where his... Yes. We need more of those people, I think, that, that say... Even if something is really high stakes to the world, 
that valuable, things like um, glory and fame, that there's something above it that's more important. Who was the who was the um, tiger uh, that was Jewish that um, he wouldn't play on a uh, Sabbath? It was a Detroit Tiger. I'll have to duck duck go that. I, I'm not saying Google anymore. Yeah, yeah. They censor too much. I'm, I'll duck duck go it. <laughs> Radical, such a Greenberg. There we go. Iris, our producer. Oh, Hank Greenberg. It. She's Hank a Greenberg. That's so cool. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, and, and this idea of total surrender. I think it's one of the, the only things that could save us, that will give us perspective, that's going to help you when life is not fair, when people are unkind, is total surrender. Because here's what I think brings more misery. It's when we say this, well, I'll serve God as long as it doesn't cost me anything. All right. That's what's going to bring us real misery. Yeah. But Jesus came and said, die to our, yourself so you may be raised with Christ. Die to yourself, man. People are afraid to do that. I mean, I, I think about like the last podcast that we did when we're talking about in the garden and, um, you know, he did ask, you know, Christ did ask, can, can, can you take this cup from me if, if, if possible, but he also, uh, when he knew that it was not possible, he accepted quickly and it was not an easy thing. Well, okay. Well, that's, that's settled. No, it's terrifying what he did. What he did. He did the most terrifying thing that probably ever happened to any human. And there've been some awful stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, the absolute most terrifying, most painful, most suffering thing. And he willingly, through faith, went to do it. And then came the glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, these are patterns that we need to look at because we could pattern our life this way, you know, uh, with difficulty and with help from other people. But we can pattern our life like that. If you were to reflect on this as a psychologist mm-hmm. and the amount of people that you help and that the Renew Hope Counseling Services helps, where do you see this intersecting, this idea of surrender, this idea of, of giving up or, or losing what you need to lose in order to gain what you need to gain? Oh, um, control is so, so much part of people's uh, problem. They want to control other people. They want to be able to control their emotions. They don't want to feel sad and they think it's a problem if they feel sad because they can't accept it and just experience it. It's so much a part of what is causing suffering. I, I've said this before in this podcast, but if you could follow faithfully the Christian path, you'll be a very healthy person. You could benefit even if you didn't... Um, if you excluded the metaphysics, right? You're just a materialist and you're like, well, there's no God where, but I'm going to do what this book tells me to do mostly because, yeah, yeah. you know, you would still be very, very, very healthy. What does it feel like, for instance, to, because this is a big one in our culture. We, we used to be more of a forgiving culture. We've, we're becoming, I'm afraid, a punitive culture, mm-hmm. at least for a while, where people don't get away back. If they screw up, they get canceled. And we look at our neighbors without any um, grace uh, when they screw up and want to punish them and whatever. People don't think about what that does to the person doing it. It's poison for you to do that. You know, um, your blood pressure goes up, you get stress hormones, you start developing beliefs that the world's maybe worse than it actually is, that you are pious in some way um, and everybody else is bad so now you've got your ego going and your arrogance christianity understood you know appropriately um, is such a healthy way to go through life if you can do it but in, you can do it or you wouldn't tell us to try you'll you can do it imperfectly um, but you gotta want it over the the stuff of the world i think that's it you know christianity we say it's a relationship not a religion and I think 
you know, if you've ever tried to go deeper in a relationship with somebody who's not willing, mm. like, I don't want to take the next step in this friendship or in this relationship, yeah. if it's a romantic relationship when you're dating or something like that. But I believe God's looking for that relationship and getting closer. Yeah. I also think that God, he's okay with us failing as long as we want to, because he knows we're weak. You better know you're weak too. The flesh is weak. But as long as you're really trying and putting him first, there's, it, it might, there may be more reward in that than someone who just, like my wife, she just does this stuff so effortlessly and easily. And she just accepts quickly and she doesn't judge. I've never, I'm not, I don't think I've ever heard of gossip even, you know, um, she just does it. And she's not practicing all these things that I practice and she's not reading those scriptures. Like I read them and she's just so much better than me, but I'd like to think that maybe, you know, there's something that pleases God about me not giving up, you know, that, um, I still try really hard and that I really, really want it bad. And I'm just weak, you know, I'm small. That's powerful. Well, I think a takeaway is to stop fighting what we think we need to fight and really seek God in it. Yeah. And realize we're patterning ourselves after a homeless guy that got murdered, who gave up his life, who surrendered his life. Yes. I think that um, the fastest track, if you needed a target to do this, would be humility. It's hard in this culture because we're a culture, we're becoming more and more narcissistic every time we measure it. We see that people, we're being so encouraged that, you know, it's all about you. It's all about, you know, your will and uh, my truth. I've been here. I didn't hear that when I was a kid. I hear that all the time. Like, I've got my truth. And you, then there's no truth. I mean, just follow the logic. Why not just say, look, the truth is difficult to get to. And um, it's very difficult. Maybe I ought to humble myself and maybe consult you. Like, I think this is true, Matt. Do you think it's true? And then if you say, I think it's not true, Marty, that I can accept that, you know, and not, uh, well, how dare you, you know? So, so, so the, our is the way of humility. And what's the first sin and what's the root of all sin? Pride. Yeah. Right on. It's pride. It's all yeah. about me. Yes. That's good. Hey, let's pray. Let's. Lord, I thank you so much. After not seeing each other for a couple of weeks, you'd be able to put this together again. Thank you that the sum is greater than the parts. Thank you, God, for the incredible way that psychology meshes in so many ways with the Christian faith and is informed by faith. And it's so much we can learn from psychology as well. And I pray, God, that you would just continue to walk with us as we seek to own up to what we need to lose, to own up to what we need to let go of, to how we need to surrender. And while those sound like all dead ends when you say them together like that, it's only through those ways that we learn where new life is. Like I heard somebody say, those of us who have only lived can never understand what those who have died and surrendered, but now live can. And I pray that would be us. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.